Well, I want to welcome you in. Uh, I also want to welcome in those from Abundant Life Chapel in Lactabani. Thank you so much for joining us for our online service uh, here at Bethel in Selkirk. Um, last week, we talked about God's power over uh, the forces of darkness. Next week, we'll be looking at our, our God who has miraculous power to protect. And then week four, we'll be talking about how God uh, has miracles of provision for our lives. But today we're going to be talking about, uh, and I'm excited about today, is uh, uh, about our God who does miracles of healing. And did you know that we serve a God who can literally touch a sick body and heal it? All throughout Scripture, all throughout the Old Testament, we see these miracles, miracle after miracle. In the New Testament, uh, we see at least 30 times uh, where Jesus heals people. But it's also implied that there was hundreds more uh, of Jesus uh, intervening and, and healing people and healing sick people, opening blind eyes, making lame men walk, literally raising people from the dead. Um, in the book of Acts, there's a story about Paul preaching a sermon. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if you've ever had experience about this, but when a pastor goes on and on and on, it can get pretty boring. Not not here, not, not at our churches, right? But... But Paul is having one of these sermons where he's going on and on. And, and there's this boy named Eutychus who's sitting in the window and he falls asleep and actually falls out the window, falls to the ground and, and dies. Now, I hope you don't fall asleep this morning and I really hope you don't die during this sermon. But fortunately, Paul was there and, and in the name of Jesus healed the boy and he was raised back to life. And that's the God that we serve. And I believe in a God who has the power to heal. And he still has the power to heal. It says this in John 14, 12. Jesus said this to his disciples. Very, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing. And they will do even greater things than these. So what did Jesus do? That he says we can do greater things than him, right? He healed the sick. So if Jesus healed the sick then... I believe that through his power, which lives within us, that there is power to heal the sick today. But here's the thing. How many of you have prayed for someone to be healed and they didn't get better? I, I, I think we've all had experience with that. You believe that God has the power to heal. You believe that in your heart. You believe God hears you when you pray. And you prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And the person you were praying for just didn't get any better, didn't get healed, and you're stuck with this question of why. Because we can go after examples in our own lives, I don't know about you, but in my own life where I've had God answer prayers, and, and maybe it feels like God answered prayers about little things, about about uh, about bills being paid, or about, or about stomach aches, or, or about even this past week, a guy I was golfing with said he had a sore back, and I, and I asked if I could pray for him, and, and he said he got better, and he said he was better, and, and praise God for that, right? But it seems like if God touches someone's back or stomach ache, why are there terrible things happening in the world? Kids dying uh, of cancer and, and, and all these things. It just doesn't seem fair. And when people experience loss, when pe people experience times when they pray for someone and they don't get better uh, and they pray with expectation, it can leave them with these conclusions. Either God isn't real Either God isn't good or God doesn't even care. So how 
do we then reconcile these facts that we have? Because we know God has, we know that God can, and we know that he doesn't always do it. What is our response then? What, what, when he doesn't do what we think he should and we know he can, what is our response? Well, I hope today to answer this question as well as give us encouragement to build our faith to believe in a God who has power to heal and answer prayer. And I hope we leave here feeling encouraged to pray big, faith-filled prayers because we know that God hears us and we know that he is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. So here's our foundational thought for for this morning, which I think many of us would know to be true. Maybe you wouldn't want to use this as your mission statement of your life, but, but here it is. Our God heals, but he doesn't heal everyone all the time. I think we know that to be true because how do we know this to be true? Because I asked the question earlier, how many of us have prayed for someone and they didn't end up getting healed? And I think all of us would have experienced that. Why God didn't do what we know he could do. All right. And many of us would know this to be true in our own lives. But, but what some people wouldn't know is that this is actually true in scripture as well. And I'll give you three examples uh, this morning. The first one is a guy named Trophimus. Uh, he is a guy who's accompanied Paul. He's one of Paul's friends and, and he accompanies Paul on his third missionary journey. But apparently there was a time when Trophimus got sick and he wasn't healed. He wasn't healed because it says this in 2 Timothy 4.20, Erastus stayed in Corinth and I left Trophimus sick in Miletus. So not only wasn't he healed, he was left. He was left behind by Paul. Uh, but similarly true for Timothy. Paul says this to him when Timothy uh, apparently was feeling sick in, in 2 Timothy 5.23. It says, use a little wine because of your stomach and your frequent illnesses. And of course, there's the Apostle Paul where if you know his story, he describes himself as having a thorn in his side or a thorn in his flesh. We aren't really sure what it is. Uh, some scholars believe it could have been bad eyesight. Some people say temptation. But the reality is we don't know. But we, what we do know is that Paul pleads with God three separate times to take it away. When I say pleads, I don't mean you know, a 30-minute prayer session on a Saturday morning. No, like this is seasons of ongoing prayer. Three seasons of ongoing prayer, pleading with God to take this thorn away. And what does God do? What does God say? He says, no, I could, but I'm not going to. In this season, what God says is, I want you to know that my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is enough for you. So our God can, he often does, but when he doesn't, how do we deal with that? And this is a tough one because I, I know and I experienced, uh, I have experienced, it, it's a sad thing, but there are very well-meaning Christians who maybe even without knowing can be very hurtful, uh, say hurtful things in situations to people who are already going through a time of loss, grieving, caring for someone who's sick, or maybe they're sick themselves. People say, well, 
you you must not be praying right or 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 you must not be uh you must not really be believing there must be some sin in your life that you haven't dealt with and some people who can be so hurt that they actually walk away from God walk away from the church altogether so how do we deal with this reality and still keep our faith that we believe that God can do the the miraculous can heal so, but also at the same time, build our faith to believe that we truly serve a God who is able to do more than we could ever ask or imagine. That we serve a God who does heal today. How do we, how do we reconcile those two facts? So let's build a foundation. Let's look at three reasons why Jesus does, did not do miracles. Okay. We know that he did a lot, but what are three reasons why he didn't? He often did, but sometimes he didn't. So number one, Jesus refused to perform miracles to prove himself. I don't know about you, but I used to play this game a lot as a kid. Uh, I would play this game with God. I would say, God, if you do this for me, then I'll believe in you forever. And I'll do whatever you want me to do. Just one, you know, get this girl to like me. Get me on that team and I'll love you and I'll serve you forever. You see, God doesn't play that game. It would be so much easier if he did. There would be a lot more people that we could just say, what, what do you want? You know, magic genie. And then they have to believe. But he doesn't. He's God. He does what he wants. And he sees the whole picture. Mark 8, 11 to 12. The Pharisees came and began to question Jesus. What was their motives? It says to test him. They asked him for a, for a sign from heaven. And Jesus sighed. Deeply and said, why does this generation ask for a sign? Truly, I tell you, no sign will be given to it. You see, Jesus doesn't play that game. He doesn't have to prove himself. He doesn't have to do things to prove himself. Number two, Jesus never performed a miracle that interfered with God's ultimate plan. This is something that we often don't understand because we don't see the whole picture. We can't. We're human. We can't see the whole picture. This is so important. I'll show you an example of where Jesus chooses to do a miracle in one moment and in the next moment chooses to withhold even though it was within his power to do. It's when Judas, Judas comes to betray Jesus in the garden, right? And he comes up and kisses Jesus on the cheek uh, to show the Roman guards who he was. And when Peter sees this going on, good old Peter, you know, always foot in his mouth, Peter grabs his sword and tries to cut off the head. Well, you can only assume that he tried to cut off the head of the Roman soldier, misses, cuts his ear off, right? Can you imagine this scene though? Peter is trying to do the right thing. He sees his friend is about to be overturned to the Romans. And, and he says, that's not going to happen. And he cuts off the ear and you just see Jesus there. And, and Jesus isn't all that concerned. He's saying, Peter, I got this under control. All Jesus is trying to do at this point is where's this ear? Where did this ear go? <laughs> He's looking around for this guy's ear. He picks up the guy's ear and does a miracle. He puts it right back onto the side of his head. Now that's cool. But then Jesus has a teaching moment. Matthew 26, 53 to 54. Jesus says this, just after healing the guy's ears, don't you realize that I could have asked my father for a thousand uh, of angels to protect us and he would have sent them instantly. But if I did, 
If I did that, I had the power to do that, but if I did that, how would the scriptures be fulfilled that describe what must happen now? In one moment, he does a miracle, but at the same time, he is withholding a miracle. He could have saved himself. He could have got himself out of the whole situation, uh, and, but... And it didn't make any sense to the disciples around him. Why? Why isn't he saving himself? So he doesn't do miracles to prove himself. He doesn't do miracles for a temporary earthly benefit at the cost of eternal benefit. And number three, Jesus didn't do miracles where there was no faith. Now this is a big one. When Jesus went to his hometown, right? When he went to his hometown, he traveled around. They weren't all impressed with Jesus. They knew Jesus. He grew up Jesus. Like, uh, and scripture says this, Matthew 13, 58. It says, he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. We have to understand that our faith is what moves the heart of God. So many examples of this in scripture. There's the woman who had been bleeding for many years. And, and when Jesus is, is going through town, she just says, if I could just touch him, if I could just touch his coat, then I know I'd be healed. And she grabs out, she touches Jesus and he feels the power leave his body. And he turns around, who touched me? Who touched me? And this is what he says. Right? Mark 5.34, daughter, your faith has healed you. A man with leprosy falls at the feet of Jesus and Jesus tells him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. The blind man screams out at Jesus to have mercy on him. And Jesus says, go, your faith has healed you. Our faith moves the heart of God. In fact, there's only one thing that we see in scripture that actually amazes Jesus. And what is that one thing? It's our faith. But here's the thing. There's two versions of this uh, amazement. There's two extremes. Jesus gets amazed in two different ways. He can be amazed like, wow, that's amazing. Or on the other extreme, he can be like, Wow, really? That's all you think I can do? We see it, the Roman centurion, right? He comes up to Jesus and says, uh, you don't even have to come to my house. You're, I'm not worthy to have you in my home. But if you just say it, at, all you have to do is say the word and I believe that my servant will be healed. And Jesus says, wow, <laughs> that is faith. I've never experienced faith like that. And then on the other hand, in this hometown, scripture says that Jesus was amazed at their lack of faith. So if we're going to be honest with each other this morning, if Jesus was going to be amazed at your faith, at my faith, would it be, wow, that's amazing. I've never experienced faith like that. Or would it be, wow, really, that's all the faith that you have. Just even look at our prayers. Look at your prayer life over this past week. What did you pray for? What were your prayers filled with? Were they big, faith-filled prayers that need God's hand to intervene in? Or was your food really blessed most of the time? <laughs> what do we do if we find that our faith is a little bit on the lower end? Well, here's the encouraging thing. 
Here's the good news, because scripture tells us that it doesn't take much faith to move the heart of God, because it says that if a mountain is in your way and you need that mountain to move, all it takes is faith the size of a mustard seed, and you can tell that mountain to move, and it will have to move. What's great about God is that he will work with the faith that you have. We looked briefly at this story last week, but if you weren't with us, the man who's coming to Jesus because his son is under the attack of demons and under, uh, under attack of uh, powers of darkness and, and the demons are throwing his son on the fire and he comes up to Jesus, the man, the dad, and he says, if you can do anything, please do it. You sort of feel that he wants to believe, he wants to believe that Jesus can do something, but he doesn't want to get his hopes too high like if it doesn't happen and then he doesn't want to get disappointed. Jesus says anything is possible for someone who believes. And the man says these words, which I'm sure we've all felt from time to time. In Mark 9, 24, it says, I do believe. Jesus, help me overcome my unbelief. Can I just be honest with you? Uh, there are times when I pray for people where I don't feel as faith-filled as I think I should be. I don't feel the, the, the faith that I believe, yeah, this is going to happen. But that is why this is such good news. Because it doesn't take amazing faith to wow the heart of God. All it takes is faith the size of a mustard seed to move the heart of God. So wherever you're at this morning, whatever you're believing for, whatever you're praying for, you might feel like you have all the faith in the world or you might feel discouraged, but whatever faith you have, God will use it and God can use it. You might be asking this morning, well, that doesn't sound all that encouraging. How do you still believe in God when he hasn't answered all of your prayers? But that's the whole point of this morning and that's my main exit point for you today is our faith isn't based on what God does. Our faith is based on who God is. Our faith isn't based on what God does in the immediate, in the immediate future. Our faith is based on who God is and what he has done for us already. <laughs> it's all done. You see, there's no bigger miracle than what was done on the cross. When God sent his only son to shed his blood on the cross for us, taking upon himself the weight of sin and shame, everything you've done wrong, thought wrong, said wrong, is all paid for in full because of the work of Jesus. And that, uh, and that is where our faith in Jesus comes from. It's because we know that even though there may be times where he does things we don't agree with or, or he seems to not do things we think he should or, he, or we know he's able to do, we know that his ways are not our ways. We know that his thoughts are not our thoughts. We know that our God sees the whole picture and we know that we can still have faith because we know our, our God's character is good and we know he loves us, he, we know he's with us, we know he will never forsake us, and we know that because of Jesus, we already have life and life abundantly. So there's no need to fear about tomorrow, there's no need to fear about what happens next. We know that God is in control, and God sees the whole picture, but we can still have faith, we still pray big faith-filled prayers, 
But even if he doesn't answer them, we know he is still good. And that's the encouragement I want you to take this morning. That he is still good. We can still pray with faith because we know he is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. And we believe that. And we also believe that he is good even when we are disappointed. That's what I want to leave you with today. Let me pray for you. Jesus, I thank you for who you are, uh, for what you're doing here in this room. God, I pray for those who are praying for a miracle of healing this morning. God, I pray that you would touch their body. We know that you were able to do it. We know that at your word that their body is healed. And we thank you in Jesus' name for healing. Bring it however you want to bring it, God. We we thank you for doctors. We thank you for modern medicine, God. But we also thank you that your hand, at your hand, you can heal their body back to 100%. We thank you uh, for those that you are touching this morning. Uh, and we thank you uh, for what you're doing in our lives, God, and for the miracle you did on that cross, taking upon yourself all our sin, all our shame, so that we don't have to bear it anymore. We can leave it at the feet of Jesus and walk away free. So we thank you for that this morning. We thank you uh, for those joining us online, for those live at our services, and we thank you uh, uh, for all that you're doing. Bring us back safe next week. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you uh, to those in Lactabani for joining us as well. Uh, God bless you, and we'll see you next time.